0: How are you doing? Hey Rudolph, how's it going? Yeah, no complaints. Yourself.
1: Doing great, doing
0: great. Perfect, man. Thanks so much for joining me and taking the time for a chat.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, man. It looks um. I just I'm just having a look here at uh at Cape Cod Bay. It actually looks like quite a nice spot to fish. Oh,
1: it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, fishing out here is phenomenal. Yeah? Yep.
0: Um because uh, it's, it's got a very similar uh, base set up um, to, to some bays in Mozambique. So I'm assuming sh- it should be quite a prominent boating area as well.
1: Yeah, you've got uh, Cape Cod, you know, sticks way out into the Atlantic Ocean. And then you've got the islands uh Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket. Yeah. actually huge land rover communities out there. Really? Yeah, tons of them.
0: That's, that's interesting because that was literally one of the first questions I wanted to ask you. How popular these things are on your side? Because obviously, you know, you had your North American versions uh, um, in that side of the world. But uh, obviously, um, if you talk in quantities, um, you know, I've got no idea what uh, what um, the amount of land drivers that's actually seen on the roads there. So it is kind of a popular thing. Is it uh, uh, throughout the, the, the country or, or specific to, to certain states?
1: Uh, well, in the East Coast, you see a lot of them. Um, the Northeast, they're very popular. Um, you know, series rovers were sold here new all the way back to, gosh, probably back to the series one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I know up in Vermont, there's a huge uh, group up there. There's probably, gosh, there's got to be hundreds of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's some. There's a photographer. I can't remember what his name is on Instagram. Um, he does all the little Land Rover uh, trips and tours, but he's like a more uh, kind of a tag-along photographer. Yeah, and uh, it seems like you know uh, series defenders, discos. It seems like there's a, a, um, a big quantity of them, but it's kind of uh, specific to areas. And Vermont, like uh, like you said, now I think I remember seeing some of the number plates. It it tend to be mo- most of them in that, or at least what I saw, a lot of them in that area. Just asking, uh, you you're obviously not the first owner in the family to to own a Land Rover. But it seems like uh, your father and going back also uh, were Land Rover enthusiasts or owners. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Um... My dad bought his first one new, 1971, and I think he must he had it for about eight years before the chassis rotted out, and then he moved on to other yeah. vehicles. Um, but yeah, in the last 20 years or so, he and I sort of got back into them, and we must have had probably a dozen of them between the two of us since then.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems to be like the, almost one of the 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 more uh, well, at least for us it's it's kind of a perfect vehicle especially when you're a younger guy to start out with but then also to to uh, you know do a project with someone like a dad or uncle or a grandfather that you know has experience in these vehicles because it's kind of so easy to to put together and restore uh, yet you know for obviously for a first time guy uh, picking up the tools for first time it could be slightly daunting. Uh, but as you go, uh, as you progress into, into these vehicles, obviously you realize it's, uh, you know, there's very little bolts and, uh, and nuts holding these things together. And it's actually super straightforward, uh, you know, as soon as, as, lo- as, soon as you kind of get into the swing of things.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, obviously building bits. Of, he started out as a complete truck um, and then got taken apart. And now I'm, I'm realizing I'm actually going through and pretty much replacing every piece of hardware on the truck. Um, during the teardown, you know, it's it, in New England, we get a lot of rust and corrosion. Yeah. So I, I was snapping bolts left and right. And, and you know, they're, the, the original bolts are a little softer. But yeah, there's really not that much to it. Once you get in and, and you realize what hardware is, and I think there's only like four different sizes of nut and bolt in the whole truck
0: yeah exactly yeah well it depends on how many times it's been chopped and changed i guess right. as well but i think even then you know maybe then it's five different bolts and that right, so exactly. uh, it does really matter but uh yeah because i remember i think it was quite a while ago i commented on one of your pictures when you had some big list of uh, inventory that you just bought and um you know going before that i mean i remember seeing pictures of, i mean you actually had quite a daunting task with putting this thing well stripping it firstly because it did seem like this thing has been sitting for quite a while
1: yeah, so the, it's a funny story. I've actually owned Bitsa since about 2009. Um, I was living, I'm in, I'm in the U.S. Coast Guard, and uh, I was stationed in Alaska at the time, and my dad called me and he said, hey, there's this really great uh, little 88 pickup up in Vermont, and it's only $2,500, um, has a, a new engine, and he said, do you want it? And I said, sure, you know, go up and look at it. And he got there, and the frame was just completely rusted away. I mean, we're talking the worst chassis you've ever seen. Yeah. And I said, well, we'll just put a new galvanized chassis on it. We had already one, <laughs> we had already done one together, a 71 that that my dad bought, and I did quite a bit of work on He He finished it up. Uh, I drove it around a little bit, and then he sold it. So I said, yeah, let's do it. Um, and then me being stationed all over the country for so many years, I, I never really got a chance to get to know this truck. Um, mm. And then when I moved back here a couple of years ago, I moved back close to home. And by then, he had already taken it all apart and had the the engine and drivetrain put into the new frame um and you know his his vision for it was to just kind of put make it a little runabout and put it back together as is but yeah once i got it out here i started looking at it and i said you know i, I really should do this thing properly and tear so i tore it all the way back down to the bare frame again um as i'm sitting here I, with I it in the garage it's just a lot of a lot of rusty pieces in the back and clean pieces in the <laughs> you know, I'm kind of systematically working my way through it
0: yeah Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's, you know, uh, might as well, because... Uh, it's like, it's uh, the issue that I'm sitting with, you know, I've got the only part on my land here that's not galvanized is the the bulkhead. So, you know, but to get to the bulkhead, you anyway need to split the vehicle. So, you know, when the the day comes that I need to, 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 uh, you know, repair and galvanize that, you know, then the gearbox will probably be opened. Then, you know, all the other small issues and uh, things will obviously be attended to as well. So, I guess it makes sense, you know, when you're there, you know, just replace as much as you can and then uh, at least when you put the things together, at least mechanically and uh, and electrically, you know, if it's all uh, uh, in order, you know, aesthetically, uh, you know, with patina or whatever, you know, that's, that's debatable. But at least you know that you can get from A to B without getting stuck. Because, I mean, that's kind of why people kind of look down right. on these vehicles is the fact that... You know, they look past the, the the fact that it's such an old uh, a classic, yeah. but um, I think you know it just got this reputation along the way with the way it's this this unreliable thing that will never get you from A to B, which is you know it's just because this vehicle. I mean, show me any Toyota, any right. Nissan, any 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 other vehicle for that yeah. matter, you know, that that does the same that these vehicle vehicles are doing in 2021. Um, you know, and in, in the same state, and you would barely find anything.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm I'm going through with Bitzer right now. I'm taking parts that were so, uh, I'll give you an example, like the, the brake backing plates on the front axle were so rusty, um, you know, just big chunks of scale just breaking off of them as I'm taking it apart, mm. but when you, there's enough, you know, I'm trying to keep bits of, as as many original parts as possible, so when you look at it, you see these parts that are freshly, you know, etched, primed, and painted, but you see all the pitting underneath, but there's, not, there's yeah. nothing wrong with the parts, you know, they're they, they, they've, they've lost a little bit of their metal, but Deep, you know, deep down, there, there's no structural issues, and you can just rebuild these things over and over again.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I did I redid the uh, the entire. Well, I did the diffs, the uh, leaf springs, and then the tie rod and so on a few weeks ago, where I just had to clean everything down, and that that was the first big clean since i've had it and obviously and definitely you know for at least 10 or 15 years before i had right. it so um it took me two days two full days just to get the 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 dirt and the grime yeah. and the grease and the oil and you know all the nonsense uh, off of it just to be able to see you know what i'm uh, dealing with underneath right. but obviously you know that's that is the advantage of a little bit of a leaking <laughs> exactly, uh, vehicle yeah. <laughs> is the fact that you know it, it goes both ways it protects it they, as they well preserve themselves. and like There's you they leak. Yeah, exactly. You know, so my so my transfer uh, uh, box, my overdrive, everything looks like it just came out of the showroom That's, because it's been covered in oil yeah. for the last twenty That's
1: years.
0: Exactly how mine was. It's so, uh, but and you know the same here. We also struggle with uh, rust uh, here in Cape Town. Yeah. So um, whenever you get the opportunity to to uh, galvanize something, you obviously you know you jump uh, and 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 use that opportunity. Uh, but like I said, luckily for me. You know, everything uh, besides the bulkhead uh, has been galvanized, so it makes life a little bit easier right. and more comfortable and enjoyable, uh, you know, if you go off-road or go on the beach or whatever the case may be. Yeah,
1: it gives you that peace of mind that, you know, I don't have to rinse this thing off right away, whereas, it, you know, driving, I've, I've had it, a couple others that, like my stage one um, that I, yeah. I had previously as my daily driver, I always worried about that thing rusting out because it was all just original. There was no galvanizing on it.
0: For sure. And uh, uh, in your area, I mean, uh, how many, how many uh, do, you, do you have uh, the, the parks or the state forests or whatever you have in your area? Is it um, Do you have any wild camping or is it all kind of um, organized camping that you've got in your um, area?
1: There's a lot of campgrounds and, you know, like you said, state parks and whatnot um, with like a tent pad. But there are places, uh, especially as you get further up into northern New England, when you go up into, you know, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, um, you can get off the beaten track pretty far. Yeah. And I know a lot of people do like there's the main winter romp who's one of the really big I've never been to it. I'd love to go, but it's one of the really big events they have in February every year. And and it's all kinds of different rovers get together and go driving in the snow. And a lot of those guys will just camp out in the wild, you know, inside their vehicle or in the roof tent or whatever. But around here, it's it's a lot of beaches, a lot of dunes. Um, There are a couple of other rover folks Uh, haven't met anybody in person yet, but, you know, just been talking through. Various groups, Instagram and whatnot, um, and they go out all the time, you know, and, and go out on the on the sand, and and you can camp out there. And, and like I said, at Martha's Vineyard, uh, I think all those beaches are public access, and there's a lot of guys down there that that'll go out. You'll you'll see a Defender 110, you know, about every two miles or so on the beach down there.
0: That's interesting, yeah, because yeah, there's actually quite a lot of South Africans that uh, export uh, 110s, well, mostly Defenders rather. Yeah. Uh, to the states, um, so it seems like it's quite a—it it became quite a booming business in uh, in South Africa to to restore all the uh, uh, second-hand defenders, and series, uh, especially series ones right. as well. But I think they, they tend to go to England in those areas. But uh, the defenders, it seems like it's uh, it's it's quite a popular thing to export it to to the States, where they basically just take a, a second-hand one in South Africa, just convert it to a right. left-hand drive, and then uh, and ship it off. Yeah, um, um, you know, when we
1: first got the Defender over here, it was 1993. Uh, actually, my dad had one for a few years. He, it was a, a wreck that he had totally rebuilt. But they only made 500 yeah. of them, um, and they were they were all white, and they had the ex- they had to come with an external roll cage to meet U.S. you know safety standards, and and they're, yeah. they're really rare. I mean, they they go for probably over a hundred thousand dollars now for a really good one. But once the yeah. defenders market started hitting, uh, you know the, the in the U.S. basically a vehicle has to be over 25 years old in order to be imported legally. Uh, in most cases, you I can see. do it other ways. I mean, there's gray market and whatnot, but. But uh, you, so you start to see a lot of defenders now that aren't the, the typical, North, they call them NAS, North American. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I saw a Santana 2500 driving down the road here in Cape Cod the other day. I'd never seen one before in my life. Uh, you know, it,
0: yeah.
1: it, it was really cool.
0: And um, yeah, because I've been speaking now to guys in Australia, because I obviously, you know, they've got the Parenti, right. the military style. Um, and then the guys in England, they've got the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys have your North American specs or the uh, w- what's actually the, the difference between a NADA and a, and a, and a normal series, by um, the way, is it, is it only the, is it only for the, uh, um, the lights or was they, was there anything I mean, specific uh, I'm not to sure.
1: it? I actually found an, somebody posted on Instagram the other day, an original 1969 brochure for a North American spec truck. And I know uh, we, you know, to meet us uh, regulations, we had to have those big four inch, Uh, Amber turn signals, Um, so that's that's the easy dead giveaway to spot a NADA truck. Um, Yeah, and ours had actually. Bitsa is a '69, and in '68, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the bug eye, which is a very rare series truck. Yeah, that was that was due to U.S. law saying that the headlights had to be a certain distance apart. And of course, on the old series twos and two A's and ones, you know, they had the headlights in the grill, which is a classic look. Yeah, but uh, so they 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 kind of scrambled and came out with the bug eye. um, and then so you can actually sort of credit the the look of the the you know series three and the defender to to us regulation putting the headlights out in the wings but um yeah, this has just uh i'm looking at the side of the tub right now it just has little um lucas reflectors but and i think it was 1970 they came out with turn signals if you look at an md an old mdb you'll see uh, the little square turn signals um, so they had yeah. those and I'm trying to think of, I, I think as far as I know, that's the only major difference. Um, the heaters are slightly yeah. different on mine. I've, I've come to find out. The English trucks had the, even later on the later two ways, the heaters were up on the, the inside of the, of the, um, bulkhead. And on yeah. mine there's like a, there's like a long distribution box and then there's a heater box. that's different from a series three. Um, and I, I, mine was so rusted out. It took me a while, but I actually tracked down a perfect one, um, from like actually a guy up in Vermont, um, sort of going back yeah. to that place. But, uh, I, as far as I know, I think those are the only major differences, um, that, you know,
0: experience. yeah. And yeah. And, uh, uh, how long have you been busy with uh, this? Well, truck? like
1: I said, I bought it 10 years ago and I, I mean, on I, and off, kind of played around with it, um, and I, I finally got a house here with a garage. Um, I'm only two hours away from, from where my dad lives, and Bitsit was out there in his barn, it. and I said, you know, I really should get on that truck. I, I sort of went back and forth and said, maybe I should sell it, it you know, because it is a big project to take on. But I sold yeah. my, my Stage 1, gosh, it was seven years ago. I just looked it up, um, and I, I really miss having her over. You know, I've, I've had, like I said, almost a dozen, <laughs> dozen Land Rovers. And the state one was such a hot rod, you know. It had a it had a Disco four yeah. in it that we had we had decked the heads, put high compression heads, a big Edelbrock four barrel. That thing was. I called it my Alaskan hot rod because I daily drove it. Up in Alaska <laughs> that thing was that thing was just so much fun. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, I started work on bits of. Um, gosh, it must have been back last summer. I started bringing home every time I go to visit. I'd bring home little pieces. And I would go to work. We have a sandblast cabinet. And on my lunch breaks, I would go in and I would just sandblast parts. You know, I'd listen to music yeah. or something and just and sandblast for an hour. And I'm not doing anything really special as far as paint-wise. I'm using, you know, here we get Rust-Oleum products. I'm just using etch primer and just satin black pretty much to coat everything. You know, I do get down to, I do yeah. get everything down to the bare metal. Um, you know, I degrease everything with alcohol. And, and so everything is going to stick really well. But I'm not using any high-grade automotive, you know, two-part paints or anything like that. Um, yeah. And then back in yeah, October, it's... I actually trailered the, the chassis and the rest of the truck home and put it in my garage. So really, the project has only been kicked off for about five months now.
0: I see, in yeah. full swing. Yeah, but uh, uh, same story here. I also, uh, when I started to clean the, the, the um, undercarriage, um, there was a lot of guys, especially on the Facebook Land Rover groups, that suggested specific yep. products um but also i'm kind of an hour odd away from uh, from cape town i'm up the okay. west coast so here it's slightly more difficult to just source uh anything uh, you know at, the, at your fingertips right. so um i also same story i also just cleaned it properly and used uh i think the uh Rust-Oleum, uh whatever yep. black it was uh, it's the one with a little bit of like a yeah. tint in it and um you know two two coats of that and it seems like it's yeah. sticking um so yeah definitely i mean it's um but yeah obviously you know the, your project it seems like um it seems like although you, like you said you just started it seems like there's been quite a lot of effort and work put into the last 3 weeks uh, uh 5 yeah. months because um you know i remember seeing photos of some of the parts and the pieces of the landy and you know it it seems like everything just either fell apart broke right. apart snapped apart yeah. you know it, it was uh <laughs> it, it, it needs, it, I think this is the, one of these projects where it, it needs a very patient yeah, man to be able it, to, you know, uh, put it it's back like together
1: therapy for me. Um, you know, I, I am on a time crunch because like I said, I'm in the military. So I move every four or five years. Um, you know, and I, my goal is to have it on the road by next summer. Um, I usually do about one to two hours a night. Um, you know, I, cu- I just come out to the garage after I put my son to bed. And I just, I, I grab a part and I go through it start to finish. Um, you know, I'll give you an example like the, in, in, uh, oh, here's another NADA spec. Um, these came with reverse lights. So, uh, if yeah. you go through my pictures. You'll see, there's a little switch that's mounted on the right side of the gearbox with a little lever that comes off the reverse selector. And that switch was all yeah. Crusted. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And that switch was all crusted up and gross. And, and I come to find out it's actually a Lucas motorcycle, uh, brake light. Uh, switch, but I just went through it and I, I took it apart. and I bent the little tabs back and I cleaned all the rust and and stripped it and You know cleaned the contacts electrically and painted and back together and put some grease in it And now it, it you know, it, it looks perfect And it, it yeah, for sure the rest of the truck's life, you know, whereas before it was just this grimy sure. Thing that was just bugging me with this, you know, everything else being clean. So that's kind of an example I just go through every yeah, day. It's... I just pick one little project and I, I finish go start to finish
0: for sure. Well, your, your, are watching name? Uh, came out very, uh, looking very good. Your uh, bulkhead yeah, that, actually, uh, the before and after it's quite oh, a big yeah, difference. I didn't
1: do the work on that. Actually. Um, there's a guy named Mike out in, in, um, he's out in the Catskill mountains in New York. Uh, he has a little shop. I'll give, I'll give him a plug. Yeah. It's called Rover works, Rover works with an E. Yeah. Um, he, he's another diehard Land Rover guy. He's got, gosh, he's probably got a dozen of them out there at his shop, but he's a metal fabricator and, uh, I forget, my dad found him through, he was going to sell him some parts or something and, and come to find out he rebuilt bulkheads. So I went home last, this was actually last summer, uh, last July for us. I And I stripped the bulkhead down and it was like Swiss cheese. I mean, the, the footwells, there were there were no yeah. footwells left. Um, the upper center section that was rusted up into that, the doorposts were just completely gone. Um, and I took it to Mike and I, I went to, we have a parts supplier here in the States called Rovers North. And I I, I called them up and I ordered... Brand new galvanized footwells and uh, door posts and a center section, and Mike has a jig in his shop. So I he came out to buy some parts for my dad, and he took the bulkhead home. And a couple months later, I went out and picked it up, and it was like night and day. It's it's like pristine. Yeah, and it's got the 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 no, galvanized footwells now
0: yeah exactly no it came out looking really good but uh, uh i think you just mentioned it now it seems like uh, also a lot of your parts came from it's it's either your dad or your grandfather's uh, uh, um, uh backyard yeah, yeah, or something that, but somewhere there's like this gold mine that well, keeps you, you, on you, giving exactly. it seems that's
1: um that's where the bits <laughs> came from you know it's, it's, a, it's a little i used to be into <laughs> british motorcycles and you know you'd call a, a kind of a parts bike you'd call it a bit because it's bits of this and bits of that yeah. you know and and so, yeah exactly so yeah um i bought my first series rover 18 years ago for, i paid 400 dollars for it i come to find out it was one of the first uh like thousand no it was the 1129th series three ever built it was an ada truck
0: that's incredible it was
1: totally rusted out you know it sat in the woods forever it was a guy who i actually went to high school with who had a series three it was sort of his parts truck
0: um, is that the colorful one yeah yeah bush? that's the that's the one that we just cut
1: up that's yeah, the you can see on uh, the pictures that go on my Instagram. We, just, we actually just yeah, cut it up yeah, into yeah. pieces two weeks ago to get it out of there. That's but, amazing, yeah, man. My, my dad man. ended up, you know, he, he dabbles in these too. He's, like I said, all throughout the years, he's been buying them and rebuilding them. And, and he's got friends that do it too. And and he ended up buying this whole parts haul, you know, with all these different It came with two trucks, uh, two NADA Series 2As, um, you know, a tub. Uh, I think he got a galvanized frame in the deal. There was an engine that, you know, there was enough to probably build two or three trucks. And then he sold the best of the trucks with the new frame to a friend of his who's rebuilding it. And so there's all these parts sitting out there, you know? And, and so when I, when I need something for bits of the first place I go is out into the field. (laughs) Every time I go home to visit, you know, I go home about once a month or so and I I run out to the field and I say, okay, I need this part, this part, and this part. And I bring a bag of tools and I just, it's like a pick and pull. Yeah. yeah
0: exactly it's like you know uh, uh most people go to the the parents or the grandparents whatever and get like uh you know maybe i don't know uh, a, a basket full of fruits <laughs> right. or vegetables yeah. or whatever the case may be and you are walking off with a diff <laughs> yeah. and they overdrive
1: and I uh you know a spare to... wheel and a fender hey i lost you there for a minute sorry yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man.
0: You were saying you've you, you've got a. I think you yeah. Mentioned uh, a tropical so I've got, roof.
1: A, I've got a tropical roof in the back of my truck, my my daily driver truck, right now. Every time I go home, you know, I grab something and, and I'm, I'm. A, and know, it's just getting bigger basement, and bigger, I guess, uh, as well. You know, I I live in a one-story house with a big basement, and the whole one whole corner is all Land Rover parts. Yeah. I've got I've got stacks of doors, and I've got two bonnets, and you know, and and the bulkhead and uh, door tops, all sorts of stuff down there. Yeah.
0: that's amazing man tell me do you, do you guys uh is it uh, a popular thing to have like a, almost like a boot sale or garage sale but uh you know more land rover uh, related um, i've never uh, seen one
1: specific to land rovers you know there's little gatherings and whatnot uh, all over all over the northeast yeah here, and yeah so there may be a little swap meets um i've been to several uh there's a racetrack near where i grew up called lime rock park and it's a they have, every year they have a vintage race where they get all the old you know 1950s formula cars and whatnot together but it's it's, there's a lot of, yeah, of stuff yeah. there, you know, unique to British cars. So you'll, you'll see swap mates there. A lot of it's done online. Um, there's a lot of people around here that, that have been collecting sure. these trucks forever because what happens with them is here, yeah. here in the Northeast is, you know, people buy them new or they bought them new, they drove them. And then the frames inevitably would all, the chassis would rot out. And it's always the rear cross member, um, 90, 90% of the original trucks you'll see don't have their original cross member. Um, or the they'll, they'll yeah, spring yeah. leak, or and, and you know, this this probably all happened to them 20, 30 years ago, and they would get parked, you know, and they would move on and, and they would just sure. be abandoned. So th- that's kind of the story of that truck that, like I was just telling you about, the one we just cut up. You know, I don't know whatever killed that truck. Yeah. You know, it wasn't running when I bought it, but uh, that truck has parts of yeah. that truck have gone on to at least half a dozen other series rovers now. I mean, the engine is in my, I have a really good friend who has a 1971 NADA. 88 you know he's got the engine uh, the front wings are actually the north american spec wings are actually on my old stage one because that that truck came from kenya and it, yeah. was a Bush truck and it was just all battered and so i ended up swapping the wings over um you know and then of course all the little small parts are going on bits uh uh the rear door you know so, so-, so it's it, it kind of you you find guys like like that like me that buy one or two trucks take them apart and then they have all the parts for years you know and they you just Once you get to yeah, know those sure. books, you kind of have a good source
0: of parts. That's what happened um, when I bought mine. So my parents, when they were probably my age, uh, just before they had me and my brother, they also had like a 109 Series 3. And um, ever since then, he had a spare um, yep. back window <laughs> sitting in the garage and also a, a service manual. So um, then, uh, you know, as we, we, we grew up, I think when we were about... Shit, how old were we? I think seven or eight or whatever the case may be. Anyway, my mum bought a yellow okay. Series 3. So we had that yep. with canvas tops. So we, we had that for uh, quite a few years. And then she sold that and she bought a uh, Defender 90, oh, cool. the 2.8 uh, BMW powered um,
1: yeah.
0: uh, Defender. So um, that's the one she still has today. But anyway, so when I bought, eventually when I bought mine, um, you know, I had yep. a cracked back window. And uh, my dad told me, "Listen, uh, I might have something in the garage. So I'll go have a look." And there was this, basically, this back window sitting yeah. in the garage for you know fifteen <laughs> or twenty years, or you know even more, uh, waiting for the yep. day to be re- yeah. reused again. You know, so it's also kind of incredible how these things are just sitting, you know, gathering dust or grass right. or whatever the case may be. But eventually, they do get a second life yeah. when it comes uh, to uh, Land so Rover parts.
1: Me, uh, real wise words they said: "You never throw away a Land Rover because because they're they're so mechanical. Yeah. You can take them apart." And you, you know, he needs a part off of a truck for like, sure. like mine that's been dead for you know probably three thirty years. You can just go out and grab it and put it on yeah. a, new, a new truck, and away it goes. And that part will live on for another fifty years. Yep,
0: for sure. You know, and th- well, that's another thing is here in South Africa at this stage. Uh, you know, it seems like everyone's got like yeah. Land Rover fever. Uh, especially with the with the older vehicles it's 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 becoming to a stage now where you know guys are literally selling vehicles for stupid yeah. amount of money and you know and then it's you know it's not even um, no. justifiable you know you you look at the vehicle and you think yourself like you know it's just because yeah. we are on this high or this yep. you know the series high guys are asking money that uh, you know yeah. it's it's out of this universe but you um, uh, that's And that's also why I was asking uh, regarding the parts, because obviously you do have your bigger uh, shops and uh, companies that do right. uh, second-hand parts and whatever the case may be. But uh, there's so much of these vehicles mm-hmm. and parts laying around. I'm pretty sure, you know, if everyone had to go down into the garage, every 10th <laughs> garage in South Africa would probably have something land-driver-related yeah, sitting, kind of, you I know. I bet
1: you around here, it's not every 10th, but I bet every 100th house, you know, has planned Rover Cr- yeah. You would be amazed that's the places inc- I've gone here in, in the Northeast and just found a Land Rover sitting in the woods and, and, it, you know, yeah. I didn't buy most of them, but that's where my first one came from. And my, my friends have bought them. So they're, 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 they're like sure. everywhere.
0: And the, the, the series that you mentioned that came from Kenya, how did oh, that exactly. uh, end up your uh, side?
1: Are you sitting down? This is a crazy story. <laughs> I, I know that's <laughs> a lot, but, um, So I, um, used to be stationed, like I said, I'm in the U S coast guard. I work on aircraft now, but I used to be stationed on a ship and, um, this was probably 2005, maybe 2006. Uh, we were at sea, we were hundreds of miles offshore doing a a patrol and it was, I had just gotten off my watch and we had internet, we had satellite internet and I used to go into the little office and jump on the computer and just, you know, look around at eBay or whatever. And I got on eBay and I just was goofing around looking at Land Rover stuff. And this ugly, just tattered-looking Stage One had it had one of those big wraparound pipes that you know they welded down to the chassis along the doors and then up the up the wings around the front. The Stage One popped up for like five thousand dollars. And I looked at where it was and it wasn't far from where I lived. And so, uh, you know, here I am in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I hit I hit bid (laughs) on eBay and didn't think much of it. Went to bed and I got up the next day and I won the (laughs) auction. So I bought a Land Rover from the middle. Of, I bought this oh, in the middle of the ocean. Um, we got back into port a few weeks later, and um, my friend, who's another Land Rover guy, and my best friend and I, who's, you know, we've been building cars together, we jumped in my car, and we drove out and got it, and you know, it ran and drove, and it wasn't registered, it wasn't insured or anything, and I took the license plate off my dad's Defender 110, and I bolted it onto the, I bolted it onto the back <laughs> of the Stage One, and it it ran, you know, we fired it up, yeah. and I was too scared to drive it. To get in trouble if I got pulled over so my best friend drove it and we drove it two hours back to my dad's house and uh, you know I just started going through it um, I, I put uh, I put parabolic springs on it um, it needed I think the radiator needed to be rebuilt uh, you know it just did some mechanical stuff to it it didn't have much of an interior I took the back seat out actually so if anybody's around here is looking for a, a 109 station wagon seat I still have that but um, <laughs> I ended up moving up to Alaska um, after that, and so the truck kind of sat, and my dad took it on. He, you know, like I said, he he built a lot of trucks. That was sort of his hobby at the time. So he yeah he redid the whole body. Uh, he sanded it all down, you know, uh, primed it. He he went to the automotive uh, auto part or uh, auto body supply. He bought all the painting equipment, and he put a really nice paint job on it. And it was um, it was the original green that came on the original Range Rover. It wasn't a series color, but And then uh, my best friend actually drove it down to new york city and put it on a train for me at a shipping terminal they shipped it out to alaska so that's how i ended up with it and i drove that truck for four years in alaska and then i moved to florida um and it just driving around where i lived in florida was really you know a busy place and just driving in a series truck with no air conditioning and at that that point i'd gotten married um i was getting back into motorcycles and I had three cars and I was getting ready to move actually back up to Alaska. And I said, well, I don't really, I can't really take the stage one. And so I reluctantly, I traded it actually for a couple of motorcycles and it's still going. It it, it went up to North yeah. Carolina. And as far as I know, it's still running around up there. Um, I've seen pictures of it on, you know, the various social medias and whatnot. So, but it was a fun truck. It it, yeah. it had a lot of, it took me to a lot of cool That's places and did some really neat off-roading with it and serious off-roading in Alaska with it. So it, it was a great truck.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess also it's kind of the you know the fact that it uh, everyone's first land rover or uh, at least um, you know first car, but in this case, first land rover also has kind of a special place that's very difficult yeah. to to fill. Um, you know, because um, you get to know the the little ins and right. outs of uh, your vehicle and. Um, you know, and and with these these old uh, series Land Rovers, uh, you know, it's it's been uh, it's like uh, killing a dead horse. But it's it's these it's these vehicles that you know it's it's yeah. so much more than a lifestyle. It's it's a personality. It's a it's like a part of your your uh, uh, extension right. of your it's your own like creativity. You know, no, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, um, I mean, it's it's you know, it has a name. It has. You know, people treat right, it like, like, they, uh, like a spouse. They do you know, family. it's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know people they'll much rather, you know, lend <laughs> out their girlfriend or boyfriend right. than lend out their series. You know, so yeah. it's it's quite interesting. But uh, but yeah, you actually you mentioned it out twice. So you you yes, actually uh, an aircraft uh, mechanic.
1: Aircraft mechanic. I, I started. That's what got me into turning wrenches. Um, when I was twelve years old, uh, I was on summer break from school. And uh, my mom didn't want me sitting in front of the TV watching cartoons all day. So she drove me down to the local air museum. Uh, there was a big airport down the road from where we lived. And she said, here's my son. He's very mechanically inclined. Um, can you guys give him a you know, volunteer yeah. job? And they said, sure, you know, we'll teach you the ropes. And, and they actually put me on a restoration um, on a Lockheed Electra, which is the same type of plane that Amelia Earhart disappeared in. Um, this one was actually two serial numbers apart from her airplane. And so every summer for, from the time I was 12 oh, wow. to the time I was 18, uh, every, every Tuesday and Thursday, I was going down to yeah. the local air museum. I'd drive my bike or I would, you know, when I, when I started driving, I drove my old Range Rover down there and I would work with these guys that, you know, a lot of them were passed away now because this was 25 years ago. You know, these guys were in the eighties and nineties then, and they taught me all yeah. sorts of different techniques and old, you know, old school tricks and. It was kind of a it's kind of where I grew up. Sure. Actually, my wife and I actually got married in the same hangar in front of the airplane that I worked on. So, it's like, you know, so airplanes are another extension of me um, and then I went to college, got my pilot's license um, did 2 years of college and just wasn't really feeling it. And, uh. So, I started looking into the military and I said, hey, the Coast Guard. Has aircraft, um, you know, I didn't want to join the, we call it the, you know, the regular mm-hmm. military. I didn't want to go off. Of, you know, at this time, the war was starting and all that. And, yeah. So I said, Oh, well, I want to be a lifesaver. So sure. I joined the Coast Guard and I've been doing search and rescue now for 16 and a half years. Um, and also, a uh, trained aircraft mechanic. That's incredible. So I've worked on everything from, uh, well, by historically, I worked on a C 130 Hercules for about 12 years. Um, and now I work on a, it's called a CASA, it's a, a CN 235. It's a twin engine search and rescue plane. You'll see them, they, they use them all over the world. Um, is that, yeah. is, is
0: that the one that you, you posted a while ago? I yeah, think. So was, um, my, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, that was my hanger. A bunch the of them sitting in the hanger. The corrosion and repair. We do all the painting and whatnot. I manage that shift now. So I just was up there and I said, this would be a cool picture. It's, it's a lot of parallels, you know, working on airplanes. Every night I go in and I, I grab a grease gun and I go around and I, I lube all the landing gear fittings. And it's just like working on my Land Rover, you know, It's I get that same yeah. fun feeling from it. Sure.
0: So there's one thing, and I think this is one of the most interesting things that I've uh, picked up. Uh, was the um, sure, and I I, will, I want you to actually just explain it, the the reason for that. the The white engine on the series, I think oh, it's beautiful. Actually, it's it's such an amazing right idea. So,
1: um, th- this goes back to another <laughs> trick that I learned uh, a couple years ago when I was living in Alaska. I worked for one of the little bush airlines, um, you know, and basically I call it an airline, but they had little six you know six seat Piper Cherokees and and the old to Havilland beavers and that kind of thing. Sure. And we were doing, we, we got a, a few of these planes that we were doing engine changes on, um, you know, and these engines are very long and they're dark under dark cowlings. And so we pulled them all off and we stripped everything down. It's like I said, just like working on a lander or a series truck, we stripped everything down and the boss said, we're going to yeah. paint everything white because in Alaska, it's always dark, uh, you know, in the winter time. And so if you're doing an inspection sure. or something out, out of, you know, outside and you shine a light in the engine bay, your light disappears because everything is dark in there. So we painted the firewall pure white. We painted the engine mounts white, you know, and, and when you shine a light underneath the, you know, under the cowl, now you see everything. And I was looking at bits of, you know, it had the original yeah. duck egg blue engine and it was, you know, the bottoms, I'm not done painting it yet, but the bottom was all crusty and rusty. And I said, you know, if it's going to be a red or a blue truck, it, it didn't quite look right to me to have that duck egg blue. I know the the, the rivet counters and purists are, or, you know, cringing right now. But I, I said, uh, you know, it's going yeah, sure. to have limestone wheels, it's going to have a limestone <laughs> roof. I said, why don't I paint the end limestone? And I started, I did a little test piece, and it's actually not limestone. It's it's, um, it's Rust-Oleum. Uh, I, have to, I have to look at the can, but it's a, it's a rust color that's ex- an exact match for limestone, which was another win for me, because I could just use regular old yeah. and not have to get paint mixed. Um, but yeah, it, it, I started to do it. Exactly. And it Started to look, you know, better and better to my eye. And now that I look at it, it's like, wow, that really—it's going to look terrible, of course, when the first oily happens. But, but, you know, but, but it, you know, <laughs> to, to, it's going to—it's going to um, not allow me to get complacent as far as keeping the engine clean. Um, we did um, when I worked on sure. the ship, sure. uh, the one I bought, where I bought the one ten or the one nine from. I, I worked in the engine room. Uh, I was a, I was an apprentice engineer. And we had two great big alco uh, v16 turbo diesels that were from a freight locomotive and that was our propulsion and we painted those engines white yeah um, one day we just got you know the crazy idea we said yeah if we paint them white we we're always chasing down oil leaks and you know changing seals and and we said if we paint these engines white it'll keep it it'll it'll force us to keep up with maintenance on them and i, I kind of took that philosophy into my truck you know i try to i try to put bits and pieces of, of all the different vehicles and projects that I've worked on throughout my life uh, and put them into this truck you know because this is my, my one big project that I have now so that's yeah anyway that's the story of the, of the white
0: engine yeah no it's, it's, it's such an amazing idea I mean you know um, most most guys I see um, repainting or spraying engines obviously go for the traditional right. uh, uh, or the original color at least which um, yeah it does which obviously looks amazing but this was just something very different and obviously you know when i read the the description yeah. it just it just made so much sense that i thought uh, you know it uh, it's uh, it's it's interesting that i've never uh, seen anyone before um you know actually yeah, doing and- it um for that for that very purpose um, cuz i remember when i was uh, redoing the um again when i was uh, repainting the, the 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 bottom of the vehicle um i did i had to do everything by ha- right. uh, with one yeah. hand with mm. a cell phone or a torch in the other hand um because what i realized was when i was in open air uh with all the shadows and so on yep. i was i was constantly missing yep. um, spots on the on the leaf packs or on the dust or whatever and by being in a completely uh, enclosed dark space and only yeah. with one light on the area that i was working on it was just so much easier to 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 and quicker actually to to give it a proper right, right, uh, yeah. um, uh paint exactly job how
1: it goes for me i had to put a I had to put a bunch of led uh, lights here in the garage because of all, all the shadows and everything from the one light
0: yeah yeah and um after this i mean um i mean like you just said now this is obviously your uh you know your your main event for this stage but um with your with with your career is it something that you will eventually you know uh i'm so, I'm, I'm actually not even asking i'm probably assuming that whenever you you move to to older age this will be somewhere where you'll probably be somewhere uh nice and quiet with a big backyard filled <laughs> yes, with uh deserted Rovers. you know it, they, always,
1: <laughs> they always seem to pop up um you know my my dad's he's 73 now and he's got a 5 acre the pro, he's actually living in the property that he was you know born and raised in my grandparents house and you know he's getting to the point yeah. now where he's like I got to clean this place up you know and he's got he's got all kinds of stuff so, so that was that was sort of the <laughs> we we sort of had that funeral for the series 3 last week you know it, it cuz you could see it from the I, kitchen see, window I see I see it's about it was about a couple hundred uh, yards away from the house and you could stand at the kitchen sink and look out at the yeah. beautiful, serene field with deer walking across and and bears and, and <laughs> squirrels and, and there was this junk, you know, of a Land Rover sitting there. And, <laughs> and you know, my stepmom finally said, "Okay, you got to get rid of that thing." So we, like we went out with we went out with sawzalls and our yeah, for was, sure. We had the whole, you know, it was a complete uh, tub. It's the bulkhead was still on it, the roof was still on it. Of course, a tree had fallen on the roof, <laughs> so you know. It, I had that thing stripped yeah. in under an hour. I had it down to the bare chassis by myself, and then the rest of the day, you know, was, was cutting up the <laughs> chassis, pulling the, the drivetrain out. You know, and obviously, I saved everything, so I do, I do still have everything. Sure. It's just not a complete truck anymore, you know.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you know, it yeah, seems right. like next time, just well, that, don't park in front of the kitchen of window. It seems like that that was the issue here, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the living room window is yeah. somewhere you know we've got a view from the living room at least for for, for a company or whatever right, people right. visiting at least they, they've yeah, got I mean, a, a nice view, open view of view moved, moved of um, the landing <laughs> <laughs> well that's exactly what yeah. landdro are, or parts are you will you'll pick it up you'll decide you're going to throw it away and it'll end up right. just you know in a, a, a 90 degree angle yeah. or 180 degree angle exactly. somewhere in a different spot yeah. and it will stay there for a few years so it's 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 almost like uh, you right, know right. it's just uh, moving it around instead of this. throwing it away so um no for yes. sure um listen colin yeah, i really cool. appreciate the talk man um i really um it was quite interesting to to obviously up until this point follow follow your bolt and uh, oh, you yeah. know obviously there's quite a lot to to still do so um yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing the end result. I mean, uh I was speaking to a a guy from Australia this morning and uh, he just finished cool. his uh his project uh 109 uh which he spent uh, 2 years on and uh you know, the end result looks phenomenal. So, um you know, it's, it's a, I'm assuming, I think you actually mentioned as well that you are thinking to kind of keep some of the patina or dents or whatever yeah, I'm that not, it had, I'm not um, along its am to, to repaint it. To, um, to because this
1: paint is just terrible, but it's, uh, I, I'm not going to get crazy on the body because it's going to get, you know, it's going to get banged up in the woods again. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much time getting it perfectly sure, straight sure. and then just whack it into a tree, you know? <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Well, I'm
1: I'm excited. Yeah, looking thank forward you. to, to uh, seeing um, the end result, man. Cheers. Take care.
0: Yeah, cheers, oh, man. Oh, you too, yeah. And uh, yeah, happy right, Easter nice with and you, uh, have a good uh, weekend. All right. Bye. Cheers, Colin. Take it easy.